Hello, wonderful people. This is Magic in the Mind podcast, where spirituality and psychology intersect. I'm your host, Alice Strange, and I truly hope you learn something from this episode, or at least relate. Let's get into it. So in my personal experience, you know, what I've seen and the things I believe that lead people to having a hard time trusting their intuition, there are obviously a few things that could feed into that, you know, if you were raised super religious and taught that those things are kind of like a no-no, that can be part of it. But I think the thing a lot of people don't talk about is, uh, and I think we've mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but um, there's always a societal pressure. You know, there's this pressure from society to be normal, to conform. And uh, society says hearing things in your head or knowing things that no one else like told you, that's crazy. So the pressures of what's real and not, are you crazy? Are you making it up? Or like even the push, especially towards men to not be a sensitive person, which I believe is required if you're going to be intuitive. I think that probably has a real effect that a lot of people just don't talk about. So I believe there's like a lot of different reasons why people can have a hard time trusting their intuition. And speaking from my own experience, religion can be a big part of that. If you were raised where intuition was frowned upon, where it was thought of as, you know, evil or whatever, you, you know, you pick up those things, whether you believe them or not, and they subconsciously linger. Um, And there are just so many other reasons. But I wanted to specifically mention the societal pressure of what is real and what is not real, what is crazy and what is normal. And especially the push, especially towards men, to not be a sensitive person. You know, men are constantly just railed and just no, 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 no sensitivity, no crying, no feelings. And it, I think it has greatly affected our generation um, being raised that way. Yeah. So do you have any other points or, or parts that you would like to add to that? Oh, um. Uh, I don't know. I didn't experience a lot of direct negativity around intuition. Uh, now, empathy and perception are a huge part of intuition. And, well, introspection is a good thing to bring up as something that gets discouraged, especially mm. among men. Um, hardening yourself to the things that bother you, keeping from feeling things, uh, like keenly sharp so keenly and sharply and uh that's that's societal pressure to keep you from to keep you being productive and useful to society as a you know as a whole but individually that robs you of feeling those subtle intuitive signs those nudges of emotion thoughts and attention that you need to listen for and if something breaks through that, you know, you should have called someone, you get as far as, oh, I knew I should have said something sooner. And then afterwards, you don't give it more thought than that because you don't know to. It happened 
move on, keep being productive, don't dwell on the past, don't wonder, what if you'd listened? And it hurts to think that, sure, but you can learn from it too. And, well, be careful not to slip into blaming yourself, though. You'll shut down even further. Um, The point I'm trying to make is it can be easy to blame yourself for not following your intuition and feel responsible for whatever seemed to have happened earlier because that nudge wasn't followed through on that. Um, that introspection I mentioned earlier, that that's a part of it. It's a part of it. Um, examine your thoughts as you remember them from when you felt that nudge and find out why you feel you didn't follow through with it and treat it as a learning experience, not something to be blamed for by yourself or others. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that speaks volumes. You hit so many good points in there. I don't know where to start in responding to that. Uh, but you talking about being you a productive and useful person to society. That gives me the yuck. No way. I ugh, I just thinking about it makes me so uncomfortable. Um, of course, we all have to live in that world. Yeah, we don't have to live completely in it. I think I mentioned to you that years ago I made the decision that I'm going to be a goofball. I'm going to be silly and I'm going to be, I'm going to let myself be childish and be sensitive and feel. And it came from when I was working call center work, there were, like it became that that persona that you take on tended to be me more than I was. And right. I didn't find things funny. I didn't find things joyful. And I, I hated that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That yeah. fucking sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's, that's a big part of it for me. I also uh, really agree with your sentiment of, of don't blame yourself or others. Mm-hmm. You know, usually intuition, I won't say usually, but intuition can be about things that are going to happen whether you do anything or not. Sometimes it's just letting yeah. you know something is going to happen and to be prepared. So, <laughs> you know, and and things sometimes are just meant to happen. So you can't blame anyone's suffering or your own suffering on yourself or others. Um and just when you spiral down the whole of, of, oh, I did it wrong, I messed up, it just pulls you further and further away from the intuition and, and finding those answers. It's, it's a way of shutting down to do that. And yeah. introspection is, despite the fact that you're looking inward, is about opening up, especially to yourself, to be honest with yourself. And, yeah. Uh, Here's one of those intrusive thoughts. It feels like honesty is, or sorry, that intuition is about being honest with yourself. And it is about being honest with yourself that you felt that nudge. And yes, it's real. Yes, it follow through with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well fucking that's one said. Of those completely, that's one of those complete thoughts. Didn't <laughs> think it through. Sounded a little bit loony. But that's what one of those are. You got them live. You got one live on tape. <laughs> you got yourself a little channel, and I got it on here. It's it's preserved uh-huh. forever. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, man. I mean, there's so many reasons why people don't trust their intuition. And many of them, circling back to the main point, and many of them we aren't even aware of. There are lots of things, you know, maybe we have the intuitive intrusion, as you put it, but uh, there's also this part of us who's like, no, no, don't trust it. Don't do it. Mm -hmm. And and then it's like, well... You'll sound like a fool or something like that. Yeah. Like the, the immediate point that when I thought that, I was like, I'm not even going to think it through because I know what they feel like now. Mm-hmm. But I know that weeks or months ago, I would have been like, no, you're going to sound like an idiot to think that through first. And it would have resulted in me just kind of freezing up. Yeah. Instead, I'm just like, okay, let's go for it. I'm messing up my speech, but so what? Yeah. And <laughs> there, oh, this is riddled with beautiful little nuggets. Um, you mentioned, <laughs> don't, don't laugh at me. <laughs> you mentioned um, choosing to live childishly, you know, and feel feelings and be joyful. I love that. And I think that can be really good advice to a lot of people. Um, I'm glad you brought it up. For me, I found that situation for myself was wrapped up in being authentic to who I am, which is kind of just a larger subset. But you know, I, I am not the normal size body and I just am okay with that. And I am weird as fuck. Yes. I went on a date with my girlfriend to a cemetery and we picnicked and then hiked through the woods and scraped moss off trees. Like, yeah, I'm a fucking weirdo. I'm a witch. Like I talk about all of that to everybody. doesn't matter if you're a friend or family or you know, a coworker. If we're talking about our weekends, I'm going to tell you, I just went and scraped a bunch of moss off a tree. Like, that's fun. <laughs> and, and none of that seemed odd or weird to me as you were saying it, not even slightly. The, uh, the thing about being childish, to give a little bit of clarity, because I thought about it when you were saying it earlier, is the, it isn't about, you know, picking up kids' toys or right. something like it. It's, Make your coworkers laugh. Maybe mm-hmm. play a prank or two on them. Something that, uh, you know, spread a joke even if it isn't funny. Laugh at it even if no one else, even if everyone else looking at you like that was just a terrible joke, Mike. Be laughing anyways. Allow yeah. yourself to well, feel joy. Like that joke you told me five minutes ago before we started. <laughs> and I'm you're laughing. Your, you're laughing your ass off, and I'm just like. I am shamelessly Mike, laughing. No. I was like, that was. That made you groan, and I don't care. I was yeah, like, I was yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and when you talk about it, uh, when you, yeah, when you talk about what you meant by that, mm-hmm. I got the image of the fool card, the fool, the zero. You won't believe this. I just turned my tarot deck over in my hands, and I've got fool reversed on the bottom of the deck. I'm not even kidding. Bruh. <laughs> I've been shuffling them because you suggested it that last time. Oh, and I, no. <laughs> I turned it upside down and there it is. Oh, God. I mean, but it does embody the fool. Really, it's <laughs> it. you're approaching life joyfully. You don't give wow. a fuck what happens. Yeah. You, you are just waiting for the universe to provide and blindly leaping because cause why not? And and the fool is one of my favorite cards. I love that energy, the essence of that. 
Um, I don't think I've ever looked up The Fool. Oh, it's a good one. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a novice to this, though. Okay, folks, we just had a little bit of a pause there because she couldn't stand the idea of me not having known what the full reverse looked like, and it's a delight. I I suggest you look it up for yourselves, but it led into a discussion of what I see as a method for allowing access to your intuition. She had it's to do with her uh, her deity signs, and to me, it's a way of giving yourself things to watch for. Um, you, you explain it. Go ahead, Alice. Yeah. So I will say I started doing it intuitively, like the, the first time I ever did this. But I've heard since then, I've heard of it referred to as assign a sign, like you're assigning a sign to whatever spiritual counterpart you want. And the way I do this is I go into a deep meditation. Honestly, it doesn't even have to be that deep as long as you feel like they're the energy of whatever you're calling upon is there. And I, so the first time I connected with my spirit guides and I said, Hey guys, uh, you know, I, I don't really, I don't really know much about this thing. Um, and I don't know what to look out for. So I, I, I said, <laughs> when I am doing the right thing, when I'm on the right path, Give me repeating twos. Send me twos in groups of two or three or more or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. Repeating twos. And um, and then I said, if I'm on the right path and making progress, like if it's a step up a little better, send me repeating threes. And I'm telling you, the first step is you have to allow yourself to believe that. You know, there's a lot of um, mm -hmm. doubt that can come with that. So you have to allow yourself to believe it. But then once I'm you do... I'm putting the cards down and I'll tell you why in a second, but continue. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I'm already smiling. Uh, when you can believe that, you know, they it just starts happening all over the place. And that's what I call a synchronicity. Um, you know, just kind of a little thing here and there. A lot of people will call them signs, but for me, I knew what it was and I told them to do it. So it's kind of more of a synchronicity. And my spirit guides are bomb ass at doing that. Like they, every day, like I, I will see at least, uh, two or three signs of some sort. Um, I've recently started working with a new goddess and, you know, since the thing with my spirit guides worked so well, I was like, Hey, if you want me to know you're around, if you want me to think of you, send me the number eight. And so now I'm seeing, you know, and the eight is a really hard one because you don't get repeating eights on your clock. You know, the, the clock is where most people go True. to to see their angel numbers. And, uh, you know, the number eight just, y there's no repeating in time. So it's, it's a harder one to find. But... Mm -hmm. Like some days I will get out of my car. This is a real story that happened last week. I got out of my car and I was walking toward the sidewalk and I saw six fucking cars that had eight or eight, eight <laughs> in their license plate. And I'm like, every single one of them was a license plate. I remember plate. you mentioning that. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, 
no stickers or anything else, nothing of that format. It was just all license plates and they all had an eight or a double eight in it. And I was like, what the fuck? And <laughs> I've become very used to just like pointing it out to my wife. And so I'm driving in the car with my wife and, and our two roommates. And I'm just like, hey, look, a double three. That's cool. And then again, hey, look, another double three. That's weird. And then we get there and I'm like, oh, no, eight, eight, eight. And I'm like, I keep seeing them and I'm like standing there pointing at them. And my my poor brother is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because he doesn't know. Um, but yes, if you can, if you feel confident enough, don't be afraid to assign a sign. Do that. And I've also, um, you know, like I work with the totem animals and stuff like that. So a lot of the time... I will see totem animals of mine uh, here and there uh, just for whatever their spiritual reason is. But with this new goddess, I've also assigned her a specific hawk. <laughs> um, it's a red tail hawk and he lives in a particular spot along my journey home from work. Um, and I see him randomly, but like also like in a big wide area like there are lots of you know it's like a whole five minutes of driving that he could pop up anywhere and so I don't always get off work at the same time and sometimes I'll see him in the morning too it won't be after work it'll be like early in the day or it'll be snowing or some shit and he's just perched up there on the pole where he always is or uh, this hawk's a little different than the other one I used to really watch but he's a little more flighty he likes to fly around and show off but uh that is her hawk for me. So when she wants me to uh, kind of pursue her a little bit more, she'll show me the hawk. And so that's just like another version. You, you can assign a particular animal. And you have to remember that you can assign any animal. Um, it doesn't have to be like one that locally lives around because you can see your signs in TV shows or in a picture on a magazine or the title of a book, or uh, someone referencing that animal. Like, there are just so many ways. I'm on such a tangent right yeah. now. Um, you are. But it's, it's delightful, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, with, with my uh, synchronicities and intuition, well, I set up the opportunity for synchronicities. Yes. And then when it happens... I wait for the intuition because usually they follow. It doesn't, it does not always happen like that. You kind of have to train yourself. You know, you see the numbers, the repeating numbers, you know, two, two, and you go, oh, my spirit guides, they, they think I'm on the right path. That's cool. And, and then, you know, you kind of, wow, yeah, I am doing the right thing. It can be easy to miss a sign like that, especially if you're not used to, uh, -huh. uh used to something. So, getting something where you have a little bit of a, a trigger. Mm -hmm. And uh, very often when it, I am fully intuitively listening and whatever, for example, I'll be listening to a podcast and um, I'll glance at the time and it'll be like, <laughs> I don't know, 22 after. And I'll be like, Oh yeah. And then I listen, like I, focus back on the podcast and they are they just say something that I needed to hear 
something that just really kind of hits me hard. And it's like, oh, it worked. Like you get all excited because you, you did it, but I, it works. It does. And, and if you pay attention to it, if you thank your guides, gratefulness goes a long way. If you just believe it'll work, it'll work, you know, and it's a great place to start, I think. But I didn't think that until you pointed it out. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, just to mention why I put down the cards earlier. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shuffling. Full shows up on the bottom of the deck again. I actively picked it out of the out of, off the bottom and slid it somewhere else just in case. Like maybe it's a wide fold folded card. Shuffling, shuffling, rapidly shuffling. Full falls out. And I'll be like, okay, I'm putting you down now. <laughs> You're in timeout and you just scooted across the desk. Timeout for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I am oh. putting it back in the deck again and if it shows up again I don't know what I'm going to do maybe I'll give a reading and see what happens who knows okay after that let's get back to it um, <laughs> I know it seems like forever ago but just a minute ago honestly we were talking about um, how it's hard to trust your intuition and a lot of times it's because people have repressed things and then blah, blah, blah. But, you know, another side of it is many people have anxiety, which is like a real thing. I have that. Um, I or, have it. Yeah. Uh, who doesn't, though? Millennials, like all of us, honestly. But, <laughs> um, and, and like fear, you know, like maybe there's something that you fear or it makes you anxious and you get a feeling you can feel it in your body and it's kind of a uh uh makes you more alert kind of feeling and many people will yeah. say how do i tell the fucking difference between an intuitive hit and fear and anxiety and i'm going to do my my darndest <laughs> my fucking best to explain this to you in the best way i know how first of all before anything else, when you are dealing with intuition, you always want to go with the absolute very first split second reaction you had. It could make no sense at all. But if someone says, oh, we're having chicken and noodles tonight, and you're, you immediately are just like, ugh, don't go eat those chicken and noodles, buddy. Like, that's a bad idea. <laughs> Listen to the, the quick reaction, even if it doesn't make sense. Weird example, I know, but whatever. So if you don't listen to the split second reaction, like the very first thing you're going to get is your intuition in that split second. And then after that, you've got all the buts and what ifs and you're doubting yourself and you're like weighing ideas back and forth. If you need, if you want your intuition to come through, you've got to trust the first reaction just to clear all of that. And so... To describe, I would, the, oh, I would add the caveat of if it's an unusual reaction or not quite a natural reaction. Like, you know, maybe you really just hate chicken and noodles. But right, well, yeah, okay, that's yeah, for sure. that for that particular example. But if you're like, if you're normally good for it, or you have no feelings towards it whatsoever, and you're suddenly like, uh, then yeah, maybe something's wrong there. Check it right. out. Right, or um, an, I guess a better example is you see a certain commercial on TV. Um, and your friend, your best, like one of your friends pops into your head. That's a split second reaction to that commercial. 
Yeah. Do you say, oh, that was fucking weird. Why, why would I even think of them and move on? I would hope not. I would hope that you would, like, at least text them and make sure they're okay or, like, ask them if they... I mean, I don't know. It depends on the situation. Um, yeah, but reach uh, out. It could be that, uh, especially when you're watching TV or you're in a sort of state of auto-hypnosis where you're kind yeah, of just yeah. vegging out. Yeah. And that's a good state for being receptive. Oh, it is. Um, to, give, to give a little bit more seriousness to the earlier example of, you know, getting that... About uh-huh. uh, about chicken noodle, it could be a it could be nothing to do with the chicken noodle itself. It could be a prompting to open up a discussion with the uh, person who's making it for you, like um, saying, like, "Yeah." So, did you feel like cooking this for a particular reason or something like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How are and you doing? Are you going through something? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's a really healing meal. Are you doing all right? That kind of thing. Yeah. And that's that's more in line with my experience with intuition is the the prompting may not make sense in and of itself, but it's usually a sign to interact with those around me. Absolutely. That is exactly what I was going to say, just less uh, pretty. <laughs> um, <laughs> absolutely. Like, think out of the box. Like, you have an ew reaction to chicken and noodles, but you love chicken and noodles, so it doesn't make sense. Then you start thinking, like, what is it that I need to pay attention to is how I usually approach it. Like, is the person telling me this, uh, you know, do I need to check on them? Are they, do they have my best interests in mind? You know, like, there are lots of things you could, in directions you could go with that, but. Yep, I think I figured out what's happening with my cards, because when you were saying that the temperance card came up. And it's a it's it's reacting to the conversation. It just came up again. I'm putting these down, Jesus, because um, I keep on <laughs> shuffling and then looking at them on the bottom of the deck. And who knows? Maybe it's just the way that they were separated the last time. I don't think so. But temperance, like tempering your reaction, yeah, to something like that. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, temperance the, always comes for me. It's it's been annoying me so much, but. And the fool just came up. I did one shuffle, looked at the bottom, and the fool came up. I wish I had this on camera right now, because this sounds staged. I know it sounds staged. It's not. I'm just shuffling my cards. <laughs> Poor Mike. Poor Mike doesn't know how this works. The cards yeah, no, know all. Just up on the bottom. Let's see what that says. <laughs> just, you know? <laughs> it's the devil. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are de- the, these cards are derailing us. They are. They really want us to talk about tarot. <laughs> I guess that'll come up at some point. Anyways. We'll figure, we'll, we'll figure a way to, to actually do that. Like Maybe we'll include a link at the bottom and put it on image or something. I don't know. Anyways. I think in Spotify you can upload video uh, segments. Oh. So we'll look into that. Maybe. Uh, maybe. We'll see. But we were... Okay, I've disrupted yet again. Go ahead. (laughs) That time it was you, not me. Okay. Um, (laughs) So, yes. What is intuition and and what is fear and anxiety and how can you tell the difference? This is mostly what I'm about to read to you. um, Is a description that I found. I did not come up with this. Um, But I I find it very... uh, a very good way I feel like it would be a very good way for someone who's not really super self-aware to still be able to figure it out so 
when we think about fear, uh, fear is like a pushing energy. Like I feel energy, so I don't know um, how many people can, you know, that will resonate with, but fear is like a pushing. It's almost like pushing away the things you're afraid of. It's pushing out of you. And you're mostly trying to avoid disappointment and punishment, um, disapproval, ridicule. Uh, you're trying to avoid something unpleasant, basically. Um, and in the body, very often it feels like a very high speed um, or frantic or even just unsettling energy. Um, and apparently it's, it's very common to feel tense um especially in your shoulders i find i didn't know that but race researching this i that's true for me as well and the key one for me on this is if i'm having a fear reaction my inner voice and your inner voice if if this is you tends to be really harsh and really critical because you know you're it's a whole the whole idea is like it's a very like unpleasant experience you're pushing energy away and you are thinking about all the disappointments and the ridicule you're having unsettling energy and then the voice the in your head is telling you like oh you're just gonna you know you're gonna mess that up so bad or don't even try that's ridiculous that's a fear reaction so let's compare it to intuition intuition is more of a pulling energy and if you have ever had a big intuitive, uh, I don't know how else to say it, but pull. Um, if there's something you've been called to do, I don't mean like as a per, like a, a purpose in your life, but like if there's just something that you're supposed to do and you're involved in making that decision, it's almost as if there's a rope attached to you and someone's pulling you closer and closer. <laughs> That's what it feels like to me. Um, uh-huh. I can feel it right in my chest. Um, you just very much a pulling. It can feel like you're being pulled toward your best interests, even if there's a risk involved. The fear is not in your intuition. That's another, I should have added that. Um, many people from, from what I've heard say, intuition does not come with anxiety. You do not have them at the same time. Now you're going to, so it's in this- assurance rather than a worry. Yes. And if you really embrace the intuition, the feeling, and and I'm hoping that with these descriptions, you can apply them to yourself in life and be able to figure out what is fear and what is intuition, because that's a, that's an important thing. Um, You, you have to really explore the feelings. And when you do that, intuition is like, yes, we got them. Let's, let's throw more at them. So, you, you know, it's like, Whatever your best interest is, it's just pulling you closer and closer. And, you know, there may be a risk involved, but very often you really just don't care. It, again, very much fool energy, the fool card. Uh, you just go for it. Like, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. And if there's a risk involved, like, oh, well, the universe will take care of me. That's kind of a step above. That's what I tell myself to make myself feel better anyways. Um, but if there's risk involved, uh, you don't really seem to have anxiety over that in the moment of intuition. You may feel like hope or even a bit of excitement. Usually I get a little excited. Um, 
in your body, it's a very different feeling. Rather than frantic, unsettling energy, you're feeling peaceful and you feel calm. And very often it'll come as an inner knowing. You just know, yes. you know it in yes. your bones that this is what's right for you. It does take a while to get to that point. Um, you know, nursing your intuition, you will be able to at some point say, this is intuition and it is telling me this, I just know. Um, but yeah, you're, you're going to be more relaxed and there usually is kind of a feeling, even if you're kind of a pessimist, normally your intuition, as you're feeling this out, you can kind of logically think about it and know that there's a risk and that things could go wrong, but you kind of just trust that even if it doesn't work out, you'll be okay. It's very much more a positive slash neutral reaction to something that you know some random whatever it is that you're being pulled towards there's not much more i have to say on that honestly um i hope i describe that to where people can uh understand i don't know if that makes a lot of sense mike do you have any additional uh clarifiers um like any practices or any i mean i'm welcome uh, welcoming any kind of uh suggestion or maybe how you figured it out or if you went through that or any kind of i don't know uh anything that makes fear feel different than intuition oh um well i've dealt a lot with the former and, the, and a lot with the latter yeah okay so to fear and anxiety or sorry let's say just 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 anxiety and intuition the difference between the two because it one can feel like a worry the other can feel like a it can feel like a worry as well um to give an example i think you and i talked about it before uh say somebody's going on a on a plane trip and you know you're worried that you know that you're going on a plane you're going at a distance what if the plane has troubles um or something like that versus what i would expect if, if i was going to have an intuitive thing an intuitive intrusion about somebody not getting on a plane i would expect it to be a strong like how to put it just you know it's not even a worry it's not even a thing you can push against it's a don't get on that plane right it's not it's not a what if it's a don't get on that plane that's what intuitions are to me is because like i said the the knowledge yeah comes as a fully formed thought it's not something to i mean maybe it's because i'm more used to it and right i'm used to that strong uh, that strong set of that strong urge, I should say, that strong that solidarity, that strong foundation. That mm -hmm. I know this is intuition, and I think for someone who would be more looking for, maybe they're worried about their partner going to work that day. The difference between that and something's going to happen would be along the lines of knowledge instead of worry. It's Hey babe, take another way another way home tonight if you would. Um, 
and it's not even a, oh, I'm kind of worried about the traffic out there. It's take a different way home tonight. Just do it. Hmm. I feel that's kind of where I am at too on this topic. But the reason I wanted to include it is because a lot of what we talk about is from our perspective, from people who have dealt with intuition for a very long time. And if you are a person with anxiety and you are trying to develop your intuition, but you have bad anxiety, I, I've heard a lot of other people talk about it, but I do believe it can be very similar, the kind of behavior of your mind around these things. Okay, for example, I don't like being left alone. I know, unhealthy, shame me, shame me all you want. I am a codependent person. Fuck all of you. Like, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I'm working on it, okay? But for this example, I don't like it when my partner leaves. I get anxious when my partner leaves. But maybe my partner has been uh, setting up to go on this road trip um, a couple states over. And part of me does have the anxiety of, oh, no, what if something goes wrong? Oh, no, what if their phone dies and they can't get a hold of me? And, like, the anxiety will come up with odd, specific kind of situations that could arise. So that's similar. You know, your intuition, you'll have kind of a specific idea um, most times. And, and anxiety could say, well, while your partner's gone, something bad is going to happen to you. And, and all of that is anxiety. But my intuition can, can about the same thing, if there is something wrong, I'm not going to be like dwelling on it. It's not going to be rolling around in my head constantly. It will be something that pops up, you know, uh, I don't know how else to explain it. It's not going to be something that you worry over like a stone in your hand. It's going to be more like a wall you run into. Yeah. I will say... Like I mentioned, with intuition, it can it can bring a little bit of excitement. Sometimes that excitement can be confused for anxiety or worry, because um, because it just is kind of like a buzzing um, is how I feel it. You know, a buzzing in my chest, excited, um, and I'm at peace and have an inner knowing. But if my intuition is that my wife is going to get in a car crash, I'm not going to feel that peace. I'm just going to know. And then to make it even more complicated, anxiety is going to step in and be like, how do we let people know that it's, it's not right to go be just through my intuition, like knowing, you know, there are many layers. Um, and I guess that leads me to say, hopefully these descriptors that I've given for fear versus intuition, um, make sense in some way and i would i guess i don't have the perfect answer um but there isn't one as far as i'm concerned right like i said at the beginning it's an extremely personal experience right you're right it is it is and it's different with everyone and i would just like to say you know um to my viewers and and people out there if you have more questions about this if you want to talk about a specific situation about this you know I always put my email address in the bottom, in the description of all of my podcasts, and I give you ways to get a hold of me. You can DM me on Instagram. That'll be in there. 
feel free to reach out. Feel free to just anonymously email or DM me on Instagram and and ask if I can help you through this or or if I can explain something better. And I'm, you know, with the small audience I have, I'm still capable of being able to answer every question. So if, if you have the question, you better ask now before I boom and just get viral. But uh, <laughs> yes, I, I welcome questions, challenges, um, anything like that toward anything in, in this podcast. So um, I suppose we can wrap up that section there, unless you have anything else I to say. I think so. I think we're good on that. We've talked that out quite a bit. We have. (laughs) Okay. So um, moving on, I have come across a list of ways to grow your intuition. And uh, I'm going to run these by you, Mike, and our viewers. And if you have any comments, hop right in, add comments. Um, Some of them will be like pretty quick, pretty like just state it and we're done. Some of them will be, here's a couple details to go with it. Um, but I'm telling you, it is a long list. <laughs> so I, I did my best to find, uh, I mean, and I didn't even take everything that I could. Like this was like a list of like 200 and I just like picked out the ones that I thought were most helpful. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead. Um, I guess, first of all, before I get into the list of hypothetical examples, Mike, would you be comfortable talking about what has grown your intuition the most out of everything you've done? Out of the most of (laughs) talking, um, Seriously, it's it. It seems like the biggest thing that's made me better at this is having open conversations with good friends like yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's more that intuition seems to serve two purposes, at least to me. It helps us survive, and it helps us connect. And talking with other people has been the thing that has just made it work and it because i like i mentioned that auto hypnotic state before you get Mm -hmm. a bit into the flow of it you get into the you're not thinking of well you are thinking but you're not you're focused on the conversation and that leaves a bit of your mind open to listen that's true yeah that's helped the most i think if i had to if i had to give it one thing unfortunately uh I would say the same. Talking is my go-to. I uh, <laughs> oh, no, introverts. We're both introverts, but we like to talk and we're... Oh, oh do not confuse me for an introvert, my friend. I am the life of the okay, party. I am. <laughs> you I are. Am. You I are am, and I can turn on the personality to not be, but by nature, I am very much an introvert. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, talking, uh, that's a big part for me, too. I actually, okay, I'll say it. I say something to the effect of this in every episode, like blaming it on my uh, natal astrology. And here we go. I'm a Gemini moon, so I can't shut the fuck up and I can't understand my emotions until I've told somebody else about them. Period. 
period. That, that is me as a Gemini moon. Uh, I've got to talk about it all. And and I've, I work really hard to collect a good support group of friends that I can, you know, talk to, but I don't have very many spiritual friends, um, you know, so, so that, that limits it a bit, but, you know, talking honestly gets me, especially face to face with someone, it gets me in such a elevated, uh, vibration, I guess. Like I'm just, I, my, I start raising my vibration and my guides come through very strong, very clear. Um, it's almost like a touch of a hypomanic state. You know, I'm just like barely, like not quite, uh, settled in reality, but moved a little bit more than before. Yeah. Just, just a hair. And then I fall into the, yes, yes. Like I can hear the guides. I can see the messages, like all these things. Um, and really the easiest, quickest, and most guaranteed way that's going to happen is for me to sit down with another person and a tarot deck maybe, and just talk about this stuff. So for me, that's been my biggest, uh, help as well. But going back to what you said, um, that was very wise, I guess. I don't know how else to say it. It was just very, um, you said intuition serves two purposes to help us survive and help us connect. Right. And I wanted to say from an evolutionary biology kind of, uh, or evolutionary psychology, sociology, um, it just makes sense because it, how was that not an evolutionary advantage? Um, you know, like way back before we're even like talking calendars and time, uh, it was, it was good to have intuition, to know, uh, what to do in certain situations. Um, and it helped you survive. And, and to this day, it still helped us helps us survive and it helps us and it helps others yes helps us help others. and humans are 100 percent social creatures everybody you know you can be an introvert but you've got to talk to somebody at some point or you're just not going to make it and yeah. connection is also part of surviving like it's you it's for surviving and connecting but like both of those things you need to survive so um there's just so much more to it, but I thought that was kind of a fun little plug for some science, um, since there wasn't much else in this video that was science, or video podcast that was sciencey. Um, so many experts in the field of intuition say that intuition is very much like a muscle that we have to train and work on to reach higher performance. And, you know, you can neglect it after reaching a high performance and it, it kind of fades away. So it's, it's a very important ongoing process uh, to build and, and hone your intuition. And so I'm going to give you um, some suggestions, a list of suggestions that I have found um, that I think would be helpful. And, of course, our lovely... Michael is going to give us his commentary on all of them. So have fun with that. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> I'm up for the challenge. Go for it. Okay. So number one, 
has to be number one. I bet half of my listeners could guess you have to work on meditation and going inward. And if that is something that you need help doing, if that is something you're not used to doing or, or you want to be better at, please check out my um, episode number four. I talk about meditation in there and meditation types that are better for neurodivergence or people who can't sit still, can't clear their head. There are lots and lots of uh, different options in there that still fall under the category of meditation. Uh-huh. Um, you're going to love this. That's uh, that's never something I got down, admittedly. Um, <clears throat> I definitely achieved that kind of nothingness space once in my college days, but just uh, kind of sitting for I don't know, however long, in a very comfortable couch at my sister's house. I had nothing to do that day, though, so it was uh, a bit more, it was more achievable than it seems to be now. Um, I've done a lot of focusing exercises in the last year, though, so I I think I will give it a shot, another shot soon. Um, plus, I now have noise-reducing earmuffs for work I can put to the desks, and you can't hear anything with those things on. <laughs> that's fair that's fair and if you haven't listened to my episode let me tell you let me tell you it is gold um not to like toot my own horn or anything but uh you know i talk about like um meditation music versus like you know like you put the earbuds in and then you put on the noise reducing and and you've got that I use like shamanic drumming a lot um, or occasionally more like just like piano tunes on repeat. Um, Can I sidetrack you here? Absolutely. So I did something like that. We haven't talked about it at all in the podcast, but, uh, or during this episode, but in, uh, as you'll recall, a few weeks ago, I did cast my first spell. And mm-hmm. during that, I was listening to the same song over and over and over again. Oh. And it definitely got that, that alternate mental space yeah. that was needed for because of the spells for productivity and that was good for like five hours and I didn't feel any drain from it. You're gonna laugh at what the song was though. Okay. It was uh, "Witch Woods" by Emmy. Oh, such a good one! <laughs> Literally jammed <laughs> Just to that over and over and over again. And it, I never got tired of it. It is Anyways, a continue. it is a very energizing <laughs> song and I it will is. like jam to that on my way to work in the mornings. It's like not even eight o'clock yet and i'm like welcome to the witch woods and i'm like singing along and like dancing and like i don't give a shit who sees me um yeah that's just live life in a happy way right like that just makes me happy so fuck off to everybody else (laughs) and the next piece of advice that i have for you is uh keeping an open mind toward the whole experience just keeping your mind wide open well, that's just applicable to anything new, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> yes, but at the same time, you know, most, uh, first, like, for example, school. You have to keep your mind open to new concepts and new things, but it's in a fucking textbook. Like, <laughs> there's no textbook that's just like, oh, yeah, like, just do this one thing and, and your intuition is going to be great and these are key terms that totally have to do with intuition just like 
is a little different when like there's no way to like actually track your progress because everybody is different so yeah but uh with that in mind keeping an open mind toward the whole experience um my my personal advice to you is um you have to find like the happy medium um you know you can't let your doubts take over and then become a self-fulfilling prophecy and, and if you don't believe in intuition at all, if you don't believe one lick of it and you say, oh, I'll prove them wrong. I'm going to try and do my intuition thing. And and then, of course, they try all the things and it doesn't work. And, and they say, fail, see, and yeah. yeah, and they're like, look, it didn't work. It, it's a lie. And meanwhile, we're over here like <laughs> like just spouting off wisdom. And and yeah, people, if you doubt yourself, that's normal. That's absolutely normal. Yeah. To add on to that, uh, I, I think it's very healthy to question reality when you are spiritual, uh, psychic, a witch, all of those things. You, you have to check yourself. You have to be willing to, you know, even if the doubts come in, you have to keep an open mind and say, well, we don't know for sure, but it could be true and that's you know if you can start with the affirmation of something along the lines of like intuition is a concept i am interested in learning about and and use that as an that's affirmation yeah thank you um but then <laughs> on the flip side don't expect that you're gonna do one meditation for one night and wake up the next morning and every bird you see, every squirrel running past you is just a sign from the gods. Like, no. You just called out my college self. <laughs> I love that. I mean, sad for you, but, um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. He was a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't expect too much because that is a surefire way to disappoint yourself. If, if within the first couple weeks of like really honing your intuition if you get what might appear as a sign i wouldn't honestly even be like oh that's it that's the one thing you needed to hear like of course context matters but it takes a long time it takes hard work it, and it depends on you know maybe you're just at a point in your life where you're not ready to be intuitive you know maybe there's something there that you might fear at this point that you don't even realize and so you go in trying to to you know meet your spirit guides or you know whatever it is and and your spirit guides the universe source spirit is saying not yet you have to wait not yet you're not ready and it, that kind of disgustingly reminds me of the whole christian narrative but it does apply here. Um, I would say when you're trying to keep an open mind to the experience, just try and focus on being hopeful, watchful, and open-minded. You know, you've just, maybe those things you're seeing are messages. Maybe they're not. And you just hope for it and you watch and what comes will come. Mm -hmm. I like those. Those are very good points. Yeah. So the next one um, is getting creative with like art, music, writing, 
dance, uh, journaling, like especially journaling, especially journaling. I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at the last one. You know how I am with my book of shadows. Yeah, I've only been texting you for two days straight to write one single paragraph down. And then at the end of the day, you're always like, oh, I forgot. Uh-huh. <sighs> next one <laughs> I don't we can hang out on journaling for a little bit oh, I mean it's just so it's so good it's like a good way to look at your inner world maybe I'll do an episode on journaling we're not doing that here anyway uh, another one is pay attention to your dreams an episode all about dreams and dream interpretation it's episode 11 but from that besides what you can learn in that video here um your dreams are basically where your subconscious mind can express itself and get those ideas across so dreams can be really important you get you know ancestors show up in your dreams and that's important and and guides and goddesses and gods and whatever it is you believe in so i would just say dream journaling if if you get a lot of dreams that seem important, dream journaling may be for you, and we cover that in episode 11. What do you think about dreams, Mike? Mm, I I can't help with that one. I barely remember mine, ever. I'm always moving once I wake up, and it fades fast. Eh, yeah, yeah. Which we've talked about. <laughs> yeah. Sad day, but anyway. Um, <laughs> moving on. It can also be helpful to channel your intuition through divination, such as Oracle and Tarot um, that we've talked about here. But there's so many types, so many types, um, you, you know, like runes, you can uh, divine with runes, you can use ostomancy, that's bone throwing, I do a little bit of that. Pendulums are an option. You know, there's just, there's so many divination methods out there that, like, I guarantee fucking to you, if you get on Google and type, you know, what are all the different divina- divination. Uh, oh, I've seen that Wikipedia article. It's long. Yeah. Like, just go find a list. <laughs> Seriously, go find a list, read through it, and, and, fi- and wait till that one pops out. You know, you're going through and you're like, what you can divine the future it's not really i want to say you can divine the future but you can get divination through through fucking fire like hell yeah i love fire you know like be safe but like yeah just do your thing there's going to be something out there for everyone truly believe many people find oracle and tarot very satisfying um so that might be your one but there's always a million other types out there. Yeah, tarot is tarot's the fun way for me, um, or oracle cards. And just, like all the little nudges and interpretations and kind of getting to piece out the puzzle as you look up what the cards are and you learn them a little bit better. And I mean, accuracy is debatable. Don't be afraid to just reshuffle them back in if you feel like it's not working. Mm-hmm. Um I, that's a hard lesson I had to learn just to actually throw away the shuffle if I need it. If I was like, no, this this isn't no, this isn't working. I'm not feeling anything with this. But where'd you get that idea, Mike? It's an intuitive nudge. Your intuition is the one telling you not to trust those cards. 
Well, almost. The, the, the nudge is there, but the permission to do so was, I learned from Tanya. Okay. I mentioned already. Okay. I actually asked her, I was like, do you just sometimes throw away your, 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 uh, spreadsheet? She's like, oh, like, oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. I'm not feeling, I'm like, okay, uh, permission granted. I'm going to pay attention to that now. Yeah. Yeah. But it just, it, it, it gets the brain juices going. It gets you looking inward and observing and um, introspective. And that's always a good thing. It is absolutely always a good thing. Uh, yeah, you can learn a lot through Oracle and Tarot, um, but you're going to learn the most about yourself. Um, oh, I definitely have. <laughs> I mean, besides the fact that you're going to do most of your readings for yourself, maybe not mm-hmm. Mike. He, he, you know, we talked about how you're all over with that stuff. Uh, but <laughs> I am very self-taught and non-traditional. It's fun. But yeah, you know, if if you have a set of cards, you're going to be reading a lot for yourself. And, you know, maybe a certain card will pop up pretty often. I find that happens all the time with every tarot reader I talk to. You know, in this episode. Yeah. So. Full card, yeah. Anyways. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Another way you can test out your intuition if you're kind of new and, and don't really know what is intuition or what is just, you know, a regular thing in your body, um, is testing out those small intuitive nudges that you get. Like what? Um, okay. So for example, if you get a gut feeling about something, just write it down, like get one of those itty bitty notebooks. I know you have one, (laughs) Mike, um, you, you have several carry a little notebook with you, or you can write, you can type it into the notes on your phone. Just document what, what your intuition was telling you and then check back regularly, like kind of flip back a few pages and, and read over the things you entered and see what came of those situations. Hmm, Like checking your accuracy. Um, never tried. I, I ought to try that. I ought to try that. Yeah, I would. I think it's great practice. Um, and you know, it could be little things. It doesn't have to be huge things. Is it going to rain tomorrow? Is that new friend actually like a scumbag? Um, did someone lie to you? Is this event you planned going to be unexpectedly canceled? Those, things like that. Those feel more like something you'd hit a tarot card for reading for it's not a q a thing in my experience oh right um so to better rephrase that uh it's more like you get the feeling that it's going to rain tomorrow like just a random little intuitive nudge and you're like wait yeah it's gonna rain tomorrow (laughs) like you just know um that new guy is really nice to everyone but you can kind of tell that he's actually a scumbag and you shouldn't trust him And, you know, everyone, I think everyone, I know a lot of people get gut feelings, uh, gut, you know, kind of gross feeling when someone lies to you, you know, picking up things on that um, and writing those things down. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And another option is to try um, professional online courses for growing your intuition those can be great. Um, I 
was not aware those existed, and now I'm interested. <laughs> uh, one the Almighty Wallet allows, of course. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I, I follow some spiritual um, people on on Spotify podcasts, and um, one of them was when when her podcast started out she was very like nobody knew who she was she was kind of didn't even really have her spirituality uh figured out but she made a podcast called spiritual shit and i love this woman (laughs) she's amazing yeah yeah um and i know that she teamed up with a couple other like big name um you know spiritualists in the community and put together different classes. Um, they put together like a manifestation course for like, uh, it was to pr- attract your future partner. But since then, she's gone on to make so many of her own classes. And it's, yeah, it's a, one of those things that like, they're expensive, but that information is invaluable, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. moving yeah, Oh, trust go ahead. the source and trust that, that it was valid. Uh, there's always caution for ex- sources like that, but true coming from someone that someone like you, Alice, that has a fair bit of experience and actually looked into it. Um, yeah, I trust your word. <laughs> well, thank you. I I trust certain people. I wouldn't just go buy some randos, you know, class yeah. that's hundreds of dollars, but. Uh, yeah, it, it you just kind of have to feel it out and find who's right, research the people. A lot of them will have YouTube channels and stuff, and you can kind of pick up a vibe off of vibe. them. Yeah. <laughs> but moving right along, um, another thing you can do uh, when you're developing your intuition is kind of take a moment to check in with your body and the feelings you're having um, inside your body. Because for a lot of people, intuition can physically manifest in the body somewhere. And that's where we get the the statements of a gut feeling or, oh, all the hairs on my on the back of my neck stood up. You know, like people are having physical reactions to things that we can't see. Um, and and that's kind of intuition. Um and so I'm going to kind of lay it out as like a po- like if you're getting a positive message or a negative message and what each of those um, may feel like. I mean, everybody's different. Absolutely everybody's different. But this is just like kind of a general like guidelines <laughs> for positive messages. Um, you can like you have a sense of warmth, like you just feel warm. Um, and when I've experienced this, it's been like warm from the inside out as if you are glowing. Um, it's hard to explain, (laughs) but, um, you may suddenly feel like it's easier to breathe. Um, or you can notice that your sense of vision or your sense of hearing just sharpen and you can suddenly take in more than you could a moment ago. Um, and a very common one is a wave of tingling or goosebumps or fluttering. Um, this one comes to me in a few different ways. 
uh, when my third eye is trying to open, my forehead will tingle. Uh, and, and if I ignore it, it gets worse and worse and it starts to kind of hurt a little bit. And then I'm like, okay, fine. Let's, let's just do the thing. Um, but yeah, goosebumps, fluttering, uh, cold chills, I guess people call them. Um, those are all signs that, uh, you might be experiencing intuition in your body in a positive way or for a positive outcome. And, uh, the last thing on the list of positives is, uh, you, you might have an easing of tension in your shoulders and neck and also in your gut. Um, so that's that. And then for the negative things you might feel like warnings. Yeah. Warnings is a good way to put it. Um, like I see cold hands and feet, like I see cold hands and feet. Now, if you're the kind of person who just always has cold hands, might have to skip this one as like an intuitive nudge, but, uh, chills, you know, like you feel fine and then suddenly it's just a big chill washes over you. Um, clenching or twinging pain in your gut or your chest. I'm telling you the, the chest is the one for me. Well, it's more like the solar plexus is the one for me that I like, I feel some weight there and I'm like, Oh boy, <laughs> here we go. Um, nausea or having like an overly acidic stomach can also be a sign of a warning. You might get a sense of feeling on high alert, uh, kind of like hypervigilance, just watching and and feeling a little bit of ang anxiety in that. What do you think about that, Mike? <laughs> I've written some of these down just to keep note, but yeah, I haven't really experienced any of those as like known signs of intuition myself, not personally, but I kind of wonder now if I have. Um, I'm so used to a constant introspection of my mind that I'll notice when something is different, but I don't pay nearly as much attention to the signals my body sends, you know, yeah, I live in yeah. my mind more than my body sometimes. I'm, I love, I love stories. So, but, uh, uh, twinges I'll get all over, uh, not like all over twinges, but like I'll get one, you know, in my hands or knees or something like mm -hmm. that. But, there's like days in between that. Um, okay. Eh, acidic stomachs kind of expected with my diet. <laughs> <laughs> um, the high alert one, I've gotten that. That's just impossible to ignore, though. Um, right. And that's led me to pay attention, look around, see what's going on. And it's especially... Um, it's especially when I know, I realize someone is looking at me or mm -hmm. is, uh, if I start paying attention to a conversation that's happening nearby when I've been zoning out, right? that kind of thing. And it's never led to anything major that I can recall off the top of my head, but I am familiar with that particular sensation. Just a whole body wake up. Yeah. Yeah. And so bouncing back to the option or the suggestion of writing everything down. If you're going to write down the nudges you get, I would suggest putting the day of the week, the date, 
um, what you felt in your body or how the information came to you. Did you see an image of it? Did you hear it? Did you just suddenly know that it was going to rain tomorrow? You know, like all of those things are super important. Um, and this sounds, I'm, don't make fun of me, Mike. This sounds so dumb. I know it sounds so dumb, but it's worked for me. Okay. I once heard a person say, if you are experiencing pain in your body that you don't understand, that is unusual or anything like that, say you have bad ankles. I have bad ankles. You know, after hearing this advice, I did what she said and I grabbed my smartphone and typed into Google, what is the metaphysical meaning of bad ankles or poor ankles or painful ankles, you know, whatever you're experiencing. And I'm not kidding you. It comes up with like, you, you know, you have to look around and kind of work through websites until you find one that you know is, you can tell is legit. You know, they have jillions of websites out there and they're just like an, an ad every two seconds. And, you know, if you can find one that's more, uh, like from a specific blogger or someone that's been around a long time, you'll the find them. For is when they seem more interested in spreading knowledge than making money off their ads. Yeah. Yeah. That it, you're good. You're on it today. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. When they just want to spread information, it could be magic. It could be, you have a bad diet, but you know, try it out for yourself. It's worth looking into and seeing if you recognize that there is something worth paying attention to. Right. At the worst, you lost five minutes of research time. Yeah. Yeah. If you are writing down your stuff, you'll be able to keep track of those. You know, even if you're just writing shoulder pain, you know, after a while, maybe you'll realize a pattern that that shoulder pain shows up every time something like this one situation happens. You know, so you can, you can learn a lot from that. And I've harped on that long enough. Sorry. <laughs> um, another thing that uh, helps some people is taking a break from your routines, you know, and this is just honestly good self-care advice anyways. Just take a break. You don't have, just take a day to just, just do it slowly, calmly, and peacefully. Um, I understand there are moms out there and single moms and, and there are so many people who just run, run, run all the time. But if you can make just like one night a month, one night a month, you know, just your night for a little self-care, a break from the routines, make us i had a routine <laughs> <laughs> when you get up at... i play it by ear i'm notorious for it every day i was about to say you get up every morning and go to work but uh yeah once i'm off work it's no yeah I, yeah i go by whether i feel like i need to rest or i need to uh, or i feel like socializing or i feel like talking to my roommate or i feel like i need to do something constructive like chores and shopping uh-huh uh-huh yeah, I've got a good roommate, and it allows for that sort of freedom. So I recognize that wouldn't be best for everyone, but... I mean, if it works, Anyways. it works. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're talking about your routines. <laughs> we're talking about the audience's routines. Okay. 
good enough. Go ahead. Okay. That's what I thought. <laughs> okay. Um, so also this is kind of like a duh, like, and, and some people are going to groan and be like, oh my God, everybody says this, but just go out in nature. Just walk out your front freaking door and sit on the porch and just like watch the birds, watch the animal tracks across your yard, watch people walk by, find a tree and, and, and like, you know, go sit under it. Or obviously it's winter right now, but I'm assuming some people will be listening to this at some point that is not winter where you can do all of those things. So I've been wanting to do that for literal years, but since moving to this city, but, um, something worth mentioning is that mm -hmm. when I, uh, when I spoke of Chris O'Hare, who did the, who was the Reiki master, who got me, who more validated my intuition more than any other adult at the time, mm -hmm. or really a lot of people since, um, the setting was in a very nature-based school. Like, there wasn't a lot of technology. It was a boarding school. Mm -hmm. But it was a good place to pay attention to yourself and pay attention to what was around you. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. might have had something to, a lot to do with it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, going out in nature isn't particularly, for me, a sign to go inward. But I know for some people... I miss it. Yeah. Once they go out in nature, it's just like suddenly they, they just are one with themselves. You know, it's kind of a peace you can't find in the city. Um, and, and yeah, yeah, nature is, is the bomb. <laughs> so another suggestion... Um, would be repetitive movements. Do repetitive movement movements. Um, it can slow down the chatter in your brain and let the intuition in. And repetitive movements sounds like someone rocking back and forth violently in a chair, and that is not what I am referencing. I'm thinking dancing, running, or like playing the piano, or putting a Lego house together, whatever suits you. It's a or very even, personal thing. Or even taking a walk that's repetitive uh, down a familiar path uh, in nature even. Oh, 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 we're, we're combining <laughs> two of these things now. <laughs> um, here's kind of a f fun one. This is one I've done a lot of. You can practice like sensing or quote, feeling out a person's energetic signature before you meet or talk to them. It's, that? Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's it's more of like you see a person across the room and you can kind of tap into that energetic seg signature. What feels good? What feels bad? What, what do they feel like? And of course, that means you have to be able to um, reach across a little bit of a distance with your energy... Uh, in order to feel out their energy. But energy work is something I've done since I was like 14 years old. And I taught myself and, uh, you know, the whole like step-by-step -step of like reaching out your energetic arm or whatever uh, to pick up an object and feel it energetically. That has been suggested to me so many times, but it is so uh, just elementary. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fine without that. And maybe you will be too. But, uh, yeah. There, well, that 
I, I know techniques for like um, mental visualizations. Okay. That are they're more like a screen to allow images to display, and it's um, I've never really done them in practice as far as working with other people, but uh, and I don't meet enough people to really try it as far as feeling someone out before meeting them. Mm-hmm. Um, might work on someone I know, or I could try to sense how my household is when I get home for work to the, from work the next time. Yeah. That's a way to do it. Or also you could, uh, you could go into work and whoever you're working with that day, feel them out, figure out what kind of mood they're in. Because very much of their energetic signature is going to be their mood. So it's usually grumpy and uncaffeinated. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of variation with that particular one. You've heard me talk about him plenty. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Moving on from that subject. We talked yeah, about it too much. Done with that one. Okay, this might be controversial, but even if you don't agree with a belief system or buy into um, you know, some sort of practice, it's still good to research it. And you don't buy a bunch of books on it, spend money that, that doesn't, you're not even getting appreciation out of it. Like, that's kind of silly, but read. Well, yeah, you know, the old, the old saying, uh, the mark of an intelligent mind is the ability to entertain an idea without accepting it. Okay. Thanks for the wonderful quote, uh, sir. <laughs> make me feel like the secondhand podcaster here anyway read up on your intuition um you can go to a public library unfortunately my public library here where i live in this just tiny little town um does not have a single book on witchcraft or any of that uh there's some science theories and and stuff like that but that's that's it my local one's Bring you a few. Deal. Anyways. I'll do um, that for you and you introduce me to that tree. You you really want to be introduced to my tree? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> when are we ever going to be together at that cemetery? When we arrange for it, of course. Make a day of it or something on one of your days off. Okay, fine. <laughs> fine. This is how our conversations usually go. <laughs> yeah, actually. So, refocusing once again, you can start try starting a breathwork practice. It, it's it's you know it can be life changing for some people. Other people say it doesn't help, but there are so many different types of breath practices and classes you can go to for breathwork practice, and you know. Those classes are very, I can't say all of them, but I've never heard anyone say they went to a breathwork class and it sucked. Not once. Uh, the whole internet that I've explored, no one has ever talked bad about breathwork. So. Yeah, I have, but it was more for the participants than the class itself. Um, somebody was like making like a, like it sounded like a bellows on purpose kind of thing. Uh-huh. It be disruptive, but I mean, it kind of, ties into the meditation practice for me because breathing was a major part of achieving achieving that state Mm 
Um, it also works in a day to day for changing my emotional state back to kind of a default. Um, but I've not heard it applied in intuitive ways, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, it has some amazing results um, in like lots of different settings with lots of different practitioners. And I do plan on doing a whole episode about it. But for now, I have a link in the description for looking forward to that one. A quick little breathwork practice. <laughs> and now I'm sitting here thinking, did I delete that? But if I deleted it, I am so sorry. I think I have it though. Anyway, I'll find it again. Okay. I'll just for you guys. Then it comes down to releasing your resistance. And this applies to many things in psychology and spirituality. Trusting yourself? Well, you have to learn to trust yourself, but you can't do that fully until you're you've released the resistance to whatever it is that's keeping you from trusting yourself. Yeah, I'd, I'd call that the first step, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to break that down a little bit for you guys. Um, say you feel your intuition kick in and your mind immediately starts telling you, you're wrong, you're crazy, you need to shut that down. Uh, anything negative about yourself, basically, that's kind of... Uh, like an intrusive thought, an angry intrusive thought, that is your ego. Some people would call that your conscious mind, but it's your ego. And we have egos as a form of protection. Our, this, is, this gets a little uh, weird, but just bear with me. Our brains like it when we are proven right. It's called a confirmation bias. Our brain loves the feeling of being right. And sometimes that means we set ourselves up for failure. Like if your dream is to go back to college, you sit there and you're thinking about it. Of course, it's not a decision you make on the fly. So you're thinking about it and how much like you want to do it. But to your ego, that's a risky move. Like there could be a totally at peace part of yourself that says, this is what I really want to do. And I think it's right for me. But then your ego steps in and says, nah, uh, uh, that's risky. What if you get bad grades? What if you fail? What would your family say? What would your friends say? All of those things would hurt us. Therefore, the ego steps in and tries to steer us away from that path because it doesn't want us to get hurt. And if you lived by your ego 100% of the time, you would never get to do any of the amazing things that you want to do. Those things that make life worthwhile, you would not be able to do them. You would get a safe job. You would conform to societal and family expectations. And you would die never knowing what could have been. What your life could have been. So my advice for all of that is when you hear your ego telling you to just not go for it, release that feeling of resistance. You know, you can, the ego is resisting, resisting, and some people operate on like talking to themselves, like, which shouldn't 
sound weird because we all do it, but like you've got to like talk to that part of your brain and say, no, I'm not listening to you. This is what I want to do and we're going to be okay. I'm very much a person who talks to herself and different parts of her brain. So you've got to let go of the resistance and maybe, you know, you hush your ego down and you start going to school and you enroll in classes and you're looking at your schedule and your ego is going to go, mm, you see that? That looks hard. And, and you're going to start feeling a little bit of like, I don't want to do this. Uh, like you panic in your chest and that is just the resistance. And if you fully believe in yourself and you trust your higher power to see you through it, you're going to be okay. That That's the best thing I can tell you. Shut your ego up and just trust that you'll be taken care of. I could not have put that better myself. Thank you. <laughs> that was brilliant. I try. <laughs> um, I succeed. And so we've talked a lot about intuition today in a lot of different ways. Um, and we're kind of coming up on the end. So mm -hmm. I'd like to ask you, um, are there any beliefs you have regarding this topic that may be interesting for our audience to hear? You know, we can just, anything that I didn't cover that you feel would be a, a good addition. Um, I think we brought up the source earlier or it was on one of the sidebars that we had, but, um, where intuition comes from the belief of it anyways. Um, I believe intuition comes from a variety of sources. There's the biological source where something is different enough from the usual that your, uh, your subconscious puts it together that increased attention is in, is needed uh, to need be more aware yeah and uh and it also comes from the higher <laughs> self the part of you that you know guides you through the path you need to take for your own personal greater good and and that of those that you interact with and i believe it also comes from each other uh, we have such a capacity for uh, interconnectedness that we reach out to our fellow humans without ever knowing it wow yeah yeah that last sentence the, the capacity for interconnectedness that's it's a really i think that's a different thought we haven't covered um very interesting it's beautifully put and I will say that I do, I know I've talked about it a few times, but I do acknowledge my higher self and I occasionally will work with her purposefully, but I'm definitely not an expert. And so if you would be so kind, could you define uh, or give a quick explanation of what the higher self is to you? Also, if you're feeling super talkative. Um, if you have any tips that come off the top of your head for connecting to or working with your higher self, that would be great too. Um, to me, the, the higher self is 
the part that moves towards collective spiritual growth. Mm. Not just of the individual as well. Mm. Um, I believe our spirits are in communication with each other. And I believe certain events are meant to happen. We've talked about that. Right. Um, us, us being guided to and through them, through these events, by our higher self. There's a, admittedly, there's a little bit of Edgar Cayce's influence in there, but I don't know if I fully accept the idea that we're all part of a single spirit and we're all just small growths of it, you could say. But um, it feels, that part that our spirits work with each other and give a bit of a, a plan for our life, that feels right to me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think the role your higher self plays in your life is the role that my spirit guides play in my life. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it's both or all or none for some other people, you know, not exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's the so thing many about ex- all these belief systems is that they're not exclusive and uh, having it working with one doesn't mean that it invalidates another. Right. Right. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the way you put again, your last sentence, um, uh, you said like a, a part of a single spirit, like just small growths of it. <laughs> I, I wanted to laugh so hard, but it was a serious moment. So it just, because my, my personal belief is that we all come from source, spirit, the universe, whatever you call it, you know, the great powers that play in our universe. Um, and every one of us has, you know, a little bit of the divine in us, um, you know, just we've we've chosen to incarnate on this earth or we are put here to incarnate on this earth at this time for who knows what reason. I mean, your your higher self, your, your guidance, <laughs> your goddesses, like they all know, but they're not going to tell us. Right. <laughs> yeah. The um, the bit of Edgar Casey's influence that's to do with uh, further development of that is that the central spirit of humanity is something that controls and guides us rather than us ourselves Mm -hmm. and our higher selves guiding us it replaces the higher spirit is what that particular belief is okay i don't like it when we don't have autonomy or free will yes certain events are going to happen but we have the free will to choose how we react to them absolutely as a psychology student, I cannot say enough that things happen to you and you can't control it, but what you can control is how you react. And Absolutely. And that's such a core belief in my life. That's changed my mental health vastly. You know, just you know, believing that one little thing. Um, I could go on forever about that, but <laughs> this is just for my own curiosity. The central human spirit, is that ever referred to as, like, the collective unconscious? Like, how far does that go? Um, I'm 
not an expert on his works, but okay. from uh, I did read cover to cover a book called The Complete Works of Edgar Casey. So okay, um, <laughs> I just don't know how much I remember of it. Uh, the collective unconscious could be a term that was used, but I it was more the idea that we had this central spirit and we also had like the Akashic records, um, which ah. is briefly mentioning it is that there is somewhere that all knowledge exists and that the central human spirit was humanity's bridge to that. Hmm. And it got wrapped up in a lot of uh, peculiarities and particulars that seemed more contrived than the more uh, loose and natural way that I tend to view the world, which right. I think is more developed by my intuition and what feels right. Right. And I don't believe in absolute truth either. So, um, but to add to that, the Akashic records, I've heard people use the term Akashic records and the collective unconscious interchangeably, which is interesting talking about like where he had written and, and, how he viewed uh, all of that. It's interesting. He's an interesting fellow to look up. You look, regardless of whether you accept what he did or um, what he represented, you go, you're going to learn something just from looking him up. Like, he was an amazing man, but I think we're kind of plugging him a bit at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we should probably. <laughs> I'm not an expert. I shouldn't be talking on him. I'm an expert in intuition. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I guess that's it. Mm -hmm. And I think coming to the end is actually kind of sad, but... It's been a very fun journey. Yes, thank you. I had so much fun, too, and I learned more about you and more about how other people view things. You know, I can only read my own mind. So, you know, I have to get people on here and ask them the questions myself if I'm going to figure it out. Thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. I'm glad to be a part of it, Alice. It was wonderful. Yeah. It's a delight to be a part of something like this. everybody. If you've made it this far, I sincerely thank you. I know that there's been an overwhelming amount of information presented to you from part one all the way here at the end of part three. This is such a deep and rich topic and honestly, there's so much more to learn about intuition. But you, my friend, will have to figure out those mysteries on your own. I'm Alice Strange, and this has been Magic in the Mind Podcast. May you always be well, be kind, and may your curiosities for this world never fade. Bye.